0: Hello and welcome to the Geek Embassy Watches for March of 2019. My name is Dante Buccheri. I'm going to be your host tonight and I am joined by the illustrious company of Isabella and Evan. How are you both this evening?
1: Hello. Marvelous
0: marvelous i like that (laughs) so so. (laughs) (laughs) yes well you're in the middle of buying a home so i imagine that's you know marvelous is probably the last thing on your mind
2: (laughs) no it's more like oh there goes all the money i've ever had
0: (laughs) yeah that sounds about right (laughs) um says the guy who has never owned a house (laughs) <laughs> but uh, this is this is the experience that I have been told happens. Anyways, it's an
1: investment
0: in the future. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you know. Yeah. That- yeah.
2: That's what they said about my college degree. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, that's that like- dividends for me. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go. I wanted to quote a John Mulaney, uh quote, but it's far too crude for our audience. So I'm just going to, so I'm just going to (laughs) not anyways. Uh, we are normally joined by many more people. Um, unfortunately, literally all of them came down with the plague. So it's just us three tonight.
1: The horseman of pestilence has descended upon us.
0: It's, it's entirely accurate. Um, yeah, Regina is down to about one and a half lungs right now. I think Jay is about down to three quarters of one. So <laughs> uh, you know, Max is missing in action. But uh, that's okay. Because it's going to be short. It's going to be sweet. And miraculously, every person who's currently sitting on the cast has watched the exact same thing. So we can all <laughs> talk about it. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, so
2: It's almost like we planned the show.
0: It's almost like we do some sort of planning.
1: It's almost like we put one Google Doc together day
0: of. Oh, no, I mean, like, I had the Google Doc. Day day before. Day before. No, we
1: had
2: this done, like, a week ago.
1: Oh, that's right, yeah. We delayed. And i say we, (laughs) I entirely mean Dante. He did all the work.
0: I mean, I'm the host. I should be doing all the work. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Um, last month, we all said that we were going to watch the Umbrella Academy. And spoiler alert, we did. We're going to talk about it because it was, it was most certainly a thing that we watched. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, for those uninitiated... Uh, the Umbrella Academy is adopted from a 2007, 2008-ish comic of the same name by a author named Gerard Way, who was the front man for one of those early 2000s bands. I think it was My Chemical okay, Romance.
1: My chemical
2: You're romance. right. Yes,
0: Okay.
1: My not Chemical
2: emo,
0: Romance. I yeah. know that much. Yeah, so yeah My Chemical it yeah my chemical romance fallout boy all those other bands that were oh, like yeah. the punk bands that were popular in the early 2000s like they all sounded the same to me so i
1: like whatever one of those high topic <laughs> bands
0: yeah so anyways uh it was written by Gerard Way uh illustrated by illustrated by the illustrious fabio moon um and it was adapted into this live action television show from Netflix. It is uh, it's I think it's a Dark Horse property. Um yeah. it's not Marvel, it's not D C. So uh, so you will expect no crossovers from any popular mainstream superheroes from this. It is entirely self contained in its own universe. Um and
1: Hellboy they, they didn't.
0: Yeah, they could have, but they didn't. Anyways, but yeah, this particular season, it's ten episodes long. Each episode's anywhere between fifty to sixty minutes long, and it is a uh, it's a reimagining, retelling of the first six issues of the Umbrella Academy, called the Apocalypse Suite, wherein we meet our heroes who are seven, uh, you know, seven of these forty three miracle babies that were all born on. One day, uh, one day, where, oh, God, what, what happened? It was, uh, it was 43 women were not pregnant at the start of the day, and they were pregnant by the end of the day, and then they gave birth to all these kids at, like, all at exactly noon. It was – it's a it's weird concept, and all of them have powers, and this old, rich guy decided to go ahead and adopt them and um, turn them into a superhero team. Because that's how that's how things happen. <laughs> um, but anyway, th- that is the that's the premise of the show, um, and hilarity ensues. <laughs> so, uh, so first impressions, uh, Izzy. Let's start with you. First impressions on this show.
2: Um, it was not what I expected at all. After I looked up what the comics were like,
0: <laughs> yeah. I was, I, I was frankly blown away because, yeah, like the, the the comic was, like the comic and the television show share about one thing, and that's the title. And after that, like most of the stuff that most of the stuff that happens in the TV show is just almost entirely divergent from what happens in the comics. Now, they keep the characters' names as well, but still, <laughs> yeah.
1: You yeah, can, but
0: yeah, yeah. I, I can. Oh, uh-huh. no, go I'm ahead.
2: Glad that they made a lot of the changes that they did mm-hmm. because just from looking up what happens in like the apocalypse suite arc, I'm glad they didn't go in certain directions. Oh,
0: uh, yeah,
2: the comic did,
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. Um. I also, uh, I I read the comic recently. I rented it from my local library because I thought to myself, like, it's been 10 or 12 years since I've read this. Um, I didn't really like it when I first read it. Um, But maybe that's because I was just in a different place uh, uh, 10 years ago, right? I read it again, and it was still terrible. I still hated every single
1: thing of it. Uh, Evan, did you end up reading it? I never did. I Actually, I had a cursory awareness of it. I, When I saw the show, when I first started watching it, I was actually 100% convinced it was based on either an anime or a manga, because ah. it kind of has that sort of feel to it, where it's kind of not fully anchored to reality. It's almost like a fairy tale kind of logic to it, and that doesn't really show up very often in Western um, media But so, so when I realized it was not only a comic, but a comic written by My Chemical Romance, because that's who he is, I was just like (laughs) blown away. I was like, okay, that's a thing. I have not read it; probably won't. But please don't. Just save yourself the time.
0: (laughs) After that
2: glowing review from Dante, I went and canceled my hold from
0: the library. Oh yeah, (laughs) 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 it is. Um, it's just. Yeah, like, the comic is just, in my opinion, not Um, well-written. It is very light on plot. The dialogue is not good. (laughs) The art's fantastic. Fabio Moon absolutely kills it on the art. But the plot is just so incredibly predictable and so incredibly ridiculous that, like this is a guy who's been reading superhero comics from the day he was born. (laughs) And I think this is ridiculous.
1: I will say that I think some writers, especially who are involved in indie comics, there is a tendency to have stories that are based less on plot and more on concept. Uh And I feel like that's kind of what we're looking at with this one. Like not having read it, I can't say anything about what, the comics actually entail, but assuming much of the inspiration carried over, it feels like this is, this whole thing is a story very much based on concept.
0: Perhaps. Yeah. Um, This, I mean, I guess speaking of the concept, like the concept that I, that I got both in reading the comic and in, um, and in watching the television show was that it looked like this was meant to in a way, kind of explore what would Charles Xavier's school for gifted youngsters look like if Charles Xavier was a class A child abuser? <laughs> um, am, am I wrong? No. Is, is this an unfair assessment?
2: No, he's awful. <laughs> he's a terrible person.
0: He, yeah, the um, so the 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 benefactor. He is shown. At multiple points to lock to lock his uh adopted children into uh, in basically solitary confinement um, one of, one of the characters uh, Klaus, he has the ability to communicate with uh, dead spirits um, and in order to conquer the fear of talking to dead people, he makes them spend something in the neighborhood of like 24 hours by himself in a mausoleum, sealed in there, talking to dead people. <laughs> because that's the healthy thing to do for a scared, angsty 12-year-old.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's not traumatizing at all.
0: No, no. definitely not traumatizing. Um, so, but, uh, so, and uh, he did the same thing with uh, with Vanya as well. When Vanya... Oh, yeah right. Spoiler alert: We're going to be spoiling everything here. Spoiler alert: <laughs> Vanya has powers. Uh, the The entire most of the series, uh, she is convinced that she doesn't, but uh, because she's been taking these, she taking these drugs uh, her entire life. Um, the drugs were meant to be a suppressant, and i'm I got the I got the impression that the, it was meant to be kind of a, a subtle dig at uh, at medication culture. Uh, in this country, say what you will about it. I I'm not a person who has to frequently medicate, so I'm just. It's not my fight to stay in. Um,
2: well, I'll say, as someone who takes antidepressants for like severe anxiety, that yeah. really irked me because it did not have to be that way.
0: Okay, I I, I, was, <laughs> I was hoping that I was I was hoping that we uh, that I didn't I don't I didn't know that about you. Uh, I was just hoping that. I was hoping that somebody had experience with these things because, like, I, I'm i checking my privilege right here. I have, yeah, it's not something I felt comfortable discussing.
2: Yeah, no, just the, the implication that it was suppressing her true self because, you know, medication is bad and doesn't fix things is just, oh, it just really irritated me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, And then, then, of course, that she went on a giant rampage after she got off of them. Well... It, you know, started killing people. Oh
0: yeah. And uh and, and pretty <laughs> much without prejudice at that point. Um you know, she she skewers her boyfriend with what, like seventy-five knives? With everything knives. in his yeah.
1: house.
0: <laughs> you know. Um so yeah, like it, it looked like uh, looked like an Alanis Morissette song when she was done with him, you know, like you got ten thousand spoons when all you need is a knife. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a really bad joke. Even I think that was bad. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, then she then she starts like just bending reality, and just indiscriminately like murdering people, um, attacking her siblings pretty much without prejudice. I mean, her siblings are all kind of douches, but so so they they kind of got what was coming to them, kind of. Though
2: except, do you want to talk how you reacted when a certain something happened, to Allison?
0: Oh God, I was just yeah, yeah I was just bring that up. So um, <laughs> I, I, I liked I liked the relationships because the because this, this entire series is is built on a just how messed up these people's childhoods were, and b what the ensuing relationships are between the remaining siblings, because uh, there, there were seven. There are now six. Uh, they had a, uh, they had a sibling named Ben who is dead for most of the series or not even for most, for all of the series. <laughs> um, he's only alive in flashbacks and he communicates with Klaus because Klaus has the ability to speak with the dead and everyone thinks that, uh, Klaus is just crazy. Um, but over the course of the series, uh, Allison, who was uh, who has changed from being a Caucasian character because they were all Caucasian characters in the comics, surprise, surprise, to being the uh, to being the one uh, the one African American character, she is the celebrity because her um, her ability is uh, the ability to basically be. Uh, killgrave Kilgrave from Jessica Jones if you've mm-hmm. uh if, if any of you have seen that uh, any of you uh, out there listening in Radio Land have seen Jessica Jones he, she's basically Kilgrave where she speaks and people are obliged to do whatever she uh whatever she uh she suggests right um and she's you know she's this huge famous uh actor celebrity and Vanya is just kind of a ho hum basically normal person uh who does who does violin lessons and things like that um or te- she teaches violin lessons she's not an adult who takes violin lessons but uh their relationship ended up getting very interesting and close over the course of the series where uh where allison kind of came off of her high horse and there started to be a real connection there over the over the course of uh over the course of the like the middle episodes from, like, three until about seven or so, and <laughs> it w- it really wasn't until... Al- and then Allison starts questioning Vanya's choice in men. Spoiler alert, Vanya's boyfriend was kind of a, you know, douchebag. Uh, he, he basically basically set up this entire plot from the get-go and used Allison as a catalyst, or, uh, or used Vanya as a catalyst, um, and... When Allison tried to stop her, she she tries to stop Vanya by using her powers of suggestion, and then Vanya slits her throat with a violin bow. And I nearly jumped out of my seat. I was on a bus going to work, and I'm watching this, and I audibly gasped. Everybody in the back of the bus was just looking at me like I had three heads. <laughs> And I was very embarrassed for the next three stops uh, how um how did you all feel about this?
1: I thought it was great like in that in that whole well, I mean like I didn't think it was great, but I mean, I loved how complicated the dynamic between all of the siblings was where you got the idea that this was an extremely dysfunctional family, but that they did all still love each other. And part, part of this just has to do with the fact that it's Ellen page and Ellen page is amazing and everything she does. She sold the instant regret in that moment uh-huh. to a degree that I found absolutely heartbreaking. Like you entirely bought that. She was, really, really losing control and that she was going berserk there. But then the moment, the moment has passed and she realizes what she's done, just the way she immediately shifts gears to the absolute horror of what she's done and that she's basically just killed someone she loves as far as she knows, just, I thought that moment was incredibly powerful.
0: Oh, absolutely. Izzy, how was that? How was that uh, for you? watching that moment
2: um well luckily i was watching at night and not on a bus and (laughs) i immediately watched the next episode and so i knew that they ended up saving her because i was like kind of screaming a little bit Mm -hmm. um (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was like oh my god no but I I figured that it was probably only, like, a temporary thing. Because... I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Considering, considering you start the series with one of the characters already being dead. I wasn't sure, like, how that was going to play out. Because, uh... I mean, it's a choice to develop a character and then just strike them down. But...
0: <laughs> I mean... This is like I mean, this is the world that is post J.R.R. Martin and post Joss Whedon. <laughs> we <laughs> we in this era understand that characters die sometimes, and that's just gonna happen.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's right.
0: <laughs> oh, <But. laughs> I mean, that, that, that's the way I look at it. Like i I seriously thought that she was dead. Um. And I was very upset about it for approximately four hours because that's when my lunch break was at work. Um, and I got to watch the next episode um, because, because mostly like I was very upset that they started the show with one person of color. Ben is, a, is an Asian American person.
2: Um, and then
0: he's, he's, dead. he's already dead. And then they, And then I thought that they killed the only other person of color on the damn show.
1: Right. Well, there's also, um, the agent who I just discovered reading Wikipedia. I didn't know this at all is Mary J. Blige.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I had no
1: idea until just now.
0: It is famously Mary J. Blige.
1: I had no idea.
0: Like, have you not looked at a picture of Mary J.
1: Blige recently? Not recently, <laughs> no. But I, I think it's the hair that that was throwing me off. Fair enough. Whole thing. But- Fair enough. Um, but yeah,
0: there's. But yeah, like, every, every single person of color was killed in this. Uh, in in this, or not every three of the four were killed. Um, there was uh, there was Ben who started the show dead, um, and then there was Mary J. Blige who is assumed to have died. In the apocalypse, because spoiler alert, the apocalypse happens. Um, Vanya blows up the moon, and yeah, that ba- awesome. that basically that's basically what happens. Vanya blows up the moon, meteors come to Earth, it's instant apocalypse. So <laughs> that's a that's
1: thing. The best way I've seen the Earth destroyed in a long time, too. I, yeah. that was a very satisfying apocalypse. It is,
0: um, and then. Diego's uh Diego's girlfriend or on again on, off again girlfriend who was working for the police force uh was also stabbed in the back or shot in the back rather. Uh and I'm Yeah, I think
2: that was the one I was most upset about.
0: I'm yeah. completely blanking on uh on her name.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, I can't remember.
0: Oh god, it was it was it was something oh goodness, it was something uh Eudora. Eudora, that was it. I was, I was gonna say, like, it's something that you don't hear every day.
1: Yeah,
0: but yeah, Eudora. Uh, she was, yeah. yeah, she was great. Um, I really, yeah, I, I like the the dynamic that she had with, uh, that she had with Diego. That was, uh, that was quite nice. Um, and it's, it's just a shame that uh, the series, at that point, most compelling character ended up dying. It made me no. very sad.
2: Yeah, I didn't like that they pretty much fridged her from just the get-go.
0: Yeah. It um uh, it didn't it it didn't make sense. Um I didn't think that she needed to die because let's be real here, like Diego was probably going to was was probably going to continue on this whole anti-apocalypse mission anyway without her dying. Because they, you right, don't really
1: need, a, a, need a particular view. incentive to want to stop the end of the world, yeah.
2: Unless you're the like, evil time traveling corporation, then you know.
1: Oh
0: yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, we so we we've kind of gone all over the place with the Umbrella Academy. Um,
2: <laughs> I it's mean, it's re- that kind of show.
0: <laughs> like yeah it it is a frenetic show. Um. I'm gonna say absolutely two thumbs up. Go watch it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Also, two thumbs up to not binging it. Yeah, uh, it is definitely a show that you want to you want to take some time to digest what you're watching. Um, if you are if you are into if you are into uh, into superheroes and exploring what what it means to be a superhero and what it means to, um, and what it means to basically flip all of that on its head uh, in a way that, you know, in a way that, uh, that, you know, something like Watchmen, uh, Watchmen, uh, the comic, not the movie uh, attempted (laughs) to do like, absolutely go ahead and take a look at this. It is, um, it's it's probably one of the best Netflix originals that I've seen in a very long time.
1: Yeah. I think I would, I would say it's, the Watchman comparison is at. I'd say it's a combination of the Watchman and the Phoenix Saga. Yeah, because it's basically yeah. the same thing. Absolutely. But weird, yeah. and I, I really love how unabashedly weird this show really is. Like you can't oversell the pure weirdness of it. Like I've tried explaining it to several of my coworkers. You can't explain this this show without sounding like completely crazy. Like it's. Like, you've got a talking chimpanzee, you've got a guy who lives on the moon, you've got th- th- all this crazy nonsense, and it's beautiful to me.
0: Yeah, it is, um, it, it is a show that is absolutely more than the sum of its parts. Um, and just like, uh, this is seriously the last thing I'm going to say about it, but how heartbroken were you all uh, when you got to the end of the episode the day that wasn't? And you realized that, like, Nothing, nothing in that episode even mattered. Yeah, I, yeah, I was
2: pretty upset. I was, like, I lost oh. my
0: <laughs> damn mind, and I thought because I thought it was, I was like, what do you like? What do you mean? All of this is going back in time? And then I looked at the episode title, like, oh god, how did I miss this? <laughs> oh
1: god, we didn't um, get time travel in a show that's kind of inevitable at some point.
0: I suppose so. But anyways, yeah, Umbrella Academy two thumbs way up. Absolutely go ahead. go and watch it. It is it it is it's a trip. <laughs> it is definitely a trip. Um and we would love to hear what you think about it. So anyways, uh Isabella, I want to ask you about some of these TV shows that you've been watching, but I want to take a brief detour and also ask you another question. Are you okay. ready for this? Sure. You finally saw Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and oh, I need you to yeah. give me, I need you to give me your like two minute review of what, you, what you loved about this movie um, and why this is the best Spider-Man movie you've ever seen.
2: <laughs> I don't, Do I need all two minutes? Um, I love everyone. Uh Shlubby Spider Man is someone I didn't know I needed to see in a movie. Yeah,
1: it
2: um is. I unexpectedly enjoyed Spider Ham.
0: Oh, Spider Ham! I didn't so expect good. it,
2: but he was a bit sassy, and I liked it. Uh, um,
0: that made me happy. Spider
2: Gwen is everything. Yes, um, oh, God,
0: I love Spider Gwen.
2: Spider Man Noir is the the best. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> A- acting I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> it, it, it is the role above any any other role that he has played. It's the role that was made for him.
2: <laughs> you know what's funny? So on the DVD, it, it just started playing like the the special features uh-huh. and there's this bit where he's talking about his character and he's like and he's just saying like you want me to go full cage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then that's the it. <laughs> <No. laughs>
1: He said, do you want me to go full cage? He's finally yes. become self-aware. So he, like, he is aware most, I he's didn't know meme. he was not
2: self-aware.
0: Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Uh, and I yeah. just
2: made it. I laughed for about five minutes after oh, that.
0: That is um, absolutely wonderful.
2: I'm so, so happy we finally got Miles Morales. Like oh, yeah. I was a bit teary several times. Um, oh,
0: goodness. I Dep- didn't know
2: how much I needed Miles Morales in my life.
0: Oh, um, absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just love everyone.
0: But I yeah. could have
2: done without more Fisk, because I feel like I got Fisk enough in When I Watched Daredevil. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, you need an unrepentant bad guy. I guess he works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, a very different Fisk, too, I would say. Yeah. And I I
0: I really like that uh, I really like that his motivation was I mean I'm not going to say it was altruistic cuz it was it's, it's a very selfish motivation but it was it was a motivation that was born out of genuine love and care for other human beings. Yes. There's um, that. And that like and and that like that made this that made the the appearance of Wilson Fisk a little bit more tolerable for me because I I, I do agree with you that we've seen a lot of Wilson Fisk done very good by Vincent D'Onofrio uh, in uh, in Daredevil, um, but this this was a like Evan said is a very different Wilson Fisk and I I thought it was a very good Wilson Fisk. It Um, also
1: like contrasts thematically really well with the rest of the story too, because there's such a emphasis on family and about like, like just all that entails. And he's an example of like the toxic side of that. Like he loves his family, but in a way that isn't healthy and that costs him his family essentially. And in trying to get them back, he only pushes them even farther away. So I think that kind of, shows kind of the yin to the yang in the, the whole family exploration in that movie. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to see like so much more dog Hawk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I would love <laughs> yes. to, see, to see more of her. Um, like especially if we get like a, a miles Morales spider Gwen team up movie, like the yes. currently says that we will, <laughs> I yes. will be very excited.
1: Haven't they already confirmed a Spider-Gwen movie?
0: Um, I, I am unaware if they've confirmed a Spider-Gwen movie. But if if there is a Spider-Gwen movie, I will be there waiting in line the Wednesday before it premieres. Same. I, I will purchase my tickets six months in advance if I have to. <laughs> But anyways, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, still the best Spider-Man movie ever. And I'm so glad that you finally got to watch it.
2: (laughs) Me too.
0: Uh, So anyways, tell me about this this show called Siren that you've written about on our (laughs) super (laughs) secret Google Documents.
2: So... It is a freeform show, so if you don't know what freeform is, it was what used to be ABC Family, and okay, it's super schlocky, I guess. It's about it's about a mermaid,
1: okay,
0: uh, who
2: comes <laughs> up on land <laughs> and is trying to be a human.
0: Interesting.
2: Um, but. I really enjoyed the characters and it's not as like Disneyish as it sounds. Um
0: So there's no talking seagull, there's no talking no, yellow flounder.
2: No, 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 no. Um I call this show lovingly Murder Mermaids because <laughs> she has killed several people. <laughs> so,
0: so like murder maids. I'm I trying
2: to make was, it that was a stretch even for you, Tendic. I realize
1: this.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> even you have to be feeling like some shame from that. Oh
0: no. I never feel any shame for any bad jokes. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so she's killed several people. How does she kill these like like is she So just- the
2: the thing is is that she's kind of like super powered because she's a mermaid. Yeah. So even in her human form. She's kind of like extra strong. So okay. this guy like. like, Basically like. She's basically hitchhiking at some point. Because she doesn't understand. What a car is or where she's going.
0: Oh sure of and course. She,
2: and the guy of course like. Is super gross and like. Tries to like grope her. And she throws him through a windshield. And he dies.
0: Oh. <laughs> well that sounds. Terrible. (laughs) Like, I mean, like, I don't feel bad for the guy, but like, geez, like, what a way to go.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's very up my alley with like supernatural creatures and like a bit of romance thrown in. So. Okay. Yeah.
0: That sounds, it sounds interesting. It's,
2: It's one of the few shows that I actually stay current on. So.
0: Okay dokie. Yeah, there's only one show I stay current on, you know what it is, but uh I'm 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 interested to to see it. Um so do you do you have to have, like have a cable subscription in order to get this show?
2: Uh so yes, but it's also on Hulu and it's the Oh okay like, updated weekly version of Hulu, yeah. so Okay. Yeah.
0: I gotcha. Okay. So that's uh interesting. <laughs> I I mean I'll watch it eventually but like I, like I like I have Hulu but I'm clearly not current on it so <laughs> So giving it a shot probably won't happen until it's all streaming somewhere
2: No no but I mean it's it's on its second season now so
0: Okay well maybe I'll watch the first season we'll see, <laughs> we'll, see we'll see how I like it maybe maybe that'll be the thing that I watch for next month who knows?
2: Yeah, there's this whole like subplot with the military trying to do like experiments on the mermaids and
0: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I can deal with that. All right. So that is Siren on Freeform. So we'll check. So we'll check that out. So Evan, you and I have another thing in common today. Yes, we do. Uh, it is a movie that came out. It, it just had the unfortunate timing of coming out around the same time as Captain Marvel. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's uh, like I've heard that it's, like it's doing okay in theaters, but like everyone's going to see Captain Marvel because why wouldn't you? Uh, speaking of which, we're going to have a Captain Marvel episode coming up in about two to three weeks, so stick around. We haven't we've purposely been not talking about it today, uh, but this uh, this movie is called Alita: Battle Angel. Um, this is apparently based on a manga or, uh, or some sort of anime. I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with the source material and I couldn't find it anywhere. So, haven't read it, but it is about this, uh, android, android person named Alita, and she is a battle angel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's, a, she's yes, an android. She She's an android that beats people up. Um she is the movie starts with her found in a junkyard. It's basically just her like she's deactivated. It's just her head um and her head, her neck and like, like, like part her spine. of her, yeah, like part of her collarbones and her spine. Like like if you imagine like what, what like one of those old busts of one of those old dusty composers looks like that's basically what they found in a scrapyard except it was a cyborg lady person uh so she is picked up by um god i always forget this dude's name but he christoph waltz christoph waltz the bad guy from inglorious bastards (sighs) yeah
1: good guy of my heart
0: but the good guy of your heart that is that's that's a completely valid (laughs) um Uh, who is this cybernetic scientist. This is clearly at a cyberpunk world. Um, And he reconstructs her and tries to like, no, you're just a normal person. Except she's not a normal person. She's like a BA super soldier and hilarity ensues. (laughs) So Evan, (laughs) what did you think about this movie?
1: I, Loved this movie. I am a sucker for some good cyberpunk in general. Like I, I just love everything about the aesthetic, and I like just people with robot parts all over them. It just always just gets me going. But I, I, I like. I was kind of saying earlier with Umbrella Academy how I, I thought initially it was based on a manga or something like that because it was kind of like it had that disconnected from reality feel. You Mm -hmm. can really tell that in Alita. Like you can very distinctly tell. You can definitely see the anime uh, manga origins of it where it is not in any way burdened by necessarily plausibility in what (laughs) happens in it. It is so over the top with everything and it does it in an incredibly satisfactory way. Like I feel...
0: Certainly, the best adjective you could have described.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It does not try to be subtle. Um, it's actually. It's directed by Robert Rodriguez, which also shows. Oh uh, yeah, because he's very much the same kind of person too. Like he's not afraid to go full ham on his products. Like he just pulled out every single stop. Uh-huh. Um. And I love that. Like, But at the same time, at the core of the story, it has a very human story. And I thought one of the things that was most impressive is how relatable Alita herself actually is, especially considering that her entire face is CGI and a little bit uncanny on purpose. Mm-hmm. And yet she still feels incredibly relatable to me and very much... You're you're personally invested in her as a character. Yeah. Um
0: so I will agree with you on a few points. Um I liked this movie. I didn't love it. Um I felt it was it was enjoyable. I watched it for about five bucks because I went to a matinee on like a Tuesday.
1: Mm. Because,
0: and, and and I didn't feel like it was I didn't feel like it was worth more than my five dollars. <laughs> uh, I was I was most certainly entertained. It was um it it was it was it was a fun, dumb action movie that I could just yeah. I could just zoom in and disconnect from everything. It like, oh look at that. Like they're they're playing with swords now and oh look at that she's got a cool robot body and she's like, you know, doing stuff with swords and you know Cutting people's limbs off, cyber limbs, not real limbs. People, please, like we're civilized. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was, um, it was very, it was very pretty to look at. the The plot is held together on the yeah. st- stringiest of sh- shoestrings.
1: I'll agree with that.
0: And uh, you know, like the villain is a, the villain's like. The like the big bad villain is a little lackluster. Is just kind of like an ominous voice in a microphone for most of it. Yeah. I mean. um, Mahershala Ali, who was uh, who was uh, Copperhead in Luke Cage, <laughs> was incredible. Absolutely, oh, incredible. I the man, I the man so is much. the man is just a top tier actor. He like I I I would. Very much be unsurprised if at the end of his career he goes down as one of the most uh, as one of the most prolific actors of his generation. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised uh, if uh, if we see that in thirty years. But anyways, um, back to the plot. Like, like it was like I'm, I'm struggling to find much to say that I didn't like about it, but like I'm also struggling to say to find things that I really loved about this movie. Like, like it's, it's not like something that I'm going to, I'm Jones going to go see again. Um, yeah. But like, if I'm flipping through the channels one day and it's on, I'll be like, Oh, you know what? Cool. Like this is a movie that I can ignore while I'm vacuuming or while I'm doing <laughs> the, dishes or something. Um, like is like, it, it's, it's a run of the mill sci-fi story about, about a person with, uh a person with an with an identity and a mysterious past. Like we've seen this story a thousand times, but it was done like it was done in an entertaining enough way that I didn't get bored. Is yeah. that fair? I think that's fair.
1: I think I think Dumb Fun sums it up pretty well because like I, I think I do think Alita is a very strong character. And oh, absolutely. She easily could have been much much less than she is. And I feel like if she had been less than she is, the movie would significantly suffer for it. Like it's, it's not like a, it's, it's not a story that could be carried on with a lackluster protagonist. And I think the fact that she is portrayed so very well makes it a significantly better film. And it is kind of like I was saying earlier, uh, again, about umbrella Academy. I think it's a story that's built more on concept than plot. Cause yeah. the plot is meandering and very anticlimactic. That was my biggest issue with it. Is it's so sequel baity? Yeah, to me.
0: yeah and, um, and built on this like whole mythology about, or not, I suppose like mythology is not the correct word, but it's the only word that I've got right now. It's built around this mythology about this sport that we're all supposed to care about, like that's basically roller derby but with guns. And swords.
1: No guns. Guns are illegal.
0: Uh, yeah, guns shooty are illegal. Fingers.
1: You can have shooty fingers. You yeah, can you can have, have shooty
0: fingers. fingers. You can have maces. You can have buzzsaws. I'm serious. Like, um, Isabella. Like they they do they do like roller derby comp- like combined with Thunderdome. It's yeah. it is mind boggling.
2: <laughs> this movie is making less sense the more you try to explain it.
0: I promise (laughs) you, watch it, it will make even less sense, but it's just so much dumb fun to watch.
1: Yeah, these are the things that I like about it so much, because, like, the plot really doesn't matter, and when you fully embrace that, it's, I think, the most fun. Because, like, it is a pretty by-the-numbers story of, like, somebody who has no memory of her past gradually finding her past and her destiny and and all that sort of stuff. But also, you've got Christoph Waltz with a rocket-powered sledgehammer. Like, I mean, that's all you need. I would pay five bucks for that. Yeah. You've you you got a, a bounty hunter with cyborg dogs. You've got, like, a giant flying city that flies above another city. And, and, and like, all this stuff is... You've got a roller derby with buzz saws. Yeah.
0: it's <laughs> uh, interesting. I view,
2: when I view that through, like, an anime lens, though, it makes so much more sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah exactly like th- like this is a manga it's clearly inspired by uh you know by uh by eastern artists and eastern creators which is perfectly fine it's just like it's not a world that i delve in very much so i like so i don't try to i don't try to judge it as a representative of that art form because i'm not very well versed in that particular art form um I'm sure that there's probably some Alita fan who's yelling at their radio right now, being like, how could you not know about this? I'm like, Sorry. like I don't know. I never heard of it before I went to see the movie. Um, but yeah, anyways, it's, uh, it's fun. Um, oh, Evan, did you laugh as hard as I did when at the end of the movie – uh, you know, she she wins, she's the final champion or whatever, and she like points her sword at the sky, and I was like, Oh boy, like here we go, like they're gonna have a big reveal about who the villain is, and it's gonna be someone we don't care about. And then
1: it's Edward freaking Norton. <laughs> this yeah. time. <laughs> I I was <laughs> I was like, Okay <sighs> yeah. I kinda wanted to just be Edward Norton though. Like that's who he is in in the lore. It's not Nova is just a code name for Edward Norton in this universe. <laughs> that, would
0: make, that would make this make even less sense and therefore be more watchable. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just Alita. It's it's dumb fun. If you're gonna go see a movie, go watch Captain Marvel instead. But when this comes out on Redbox, absolutely sit down with a six pack and watch this. It's stupid. It's fun. You're not gonna. It's so uh, so that that's good um, We're going to move off of that right now I want to talk to Isabel real quick About a show that I just finished A show that she finished a long time ago um, Oh boy Making me the worst Runaways fan ever <laughs> <laughs> So I finally finished Runaways I had a lot of feelings A lot of them were bad
1: Oh no Oh no
0: bad because there was just it made me so sad at the end that was very sad um because because i was I was just getting used to maybe James Marsters is not actually a terrible person. Maybe he's actually going to have that change of heart and actually start to develop a relationship with his son. And then, nope, he got infected with evil space alien ghosts, and now he's back to being a douchebag again. Very upset.
2: Yeah, they did kind of just screw him over,
0: (laughs) didn't they? Yes! I mean... Like yeah, they, they screwed him over and then Tina and and also and also Gertrude Yorks, like the one character in this entire show that everybody universally agrees, like, you're awesome. And now she's also infected with super evil alien space ghost. Like what gives? <laughs> what gives? It's so ridiculous. And I have many feelings about it. And I'm very upset because I feel like they did this to personally make me feel bad. Um,
2: yes but anyways that's exactly it
0: (laughs) anyways but like overall runaway season two really good i thoroughly enjoyed every single episode that i watched i felt like the the stakes were real the stakes were high the 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 engage the level of engagement that i had with the show it intensified now that they're actually on the run and now that they're actually dealing with real-world problems of how to survive um, and how to, how, to, how to get money to, to buy food and how to stay hidden from their parents and how to um, how, how to deal without, uh, without your um, anti-anxiety medications <laughs> uh, because they, they tapped into that well again. And then unfortunately just kind of like – unfortunately just kind of like disappeared halfway through the season. Which really annoyed me because they made such a big deal about Gert not having her her anxiety meds, and then and then all of a sudden she's just fine. I'm like, oh, okay, great. That seems like it was a waste of a plot arc. Did you feel about as strongly as that as I did?
2: Um, I'm glad that they touched on it and they didn't like they realistically portrayed what was happening. Mm-hmm. I. I thought that it was because she got more of her meds. Isn't that uh, not am I remembering that right? I mean,
0: I I think that she got more of her meds, but at the same time just like how many of them did she have? Like because they were on the lam for like weeks.
2: Yeah, I guess that's true.
0: So that that was my only thing. I was like, okay, like so even if they did manage to steal stuff from the school nurse, like the school nurse isn't going to have like a year's supply, right?
2: No, no, it's probably like a couple weeks at the most.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. Like, they're probably going to have to come up with this uh, with this plotting, or like they're going to have to come and revisit this plot again, or come up with a way for her to stay uh, to get a steady supply of anxiety meds. But you know, who knows? Like, who knows how that's going to happen? That's what that's what they're writing television for, and I'm sitting here talking about it. They have all the ideas. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I thought it was, um, uh, I thought it was quite well done. There, um, I, I enjoyed, enjoyed the development of, uh, Carolina and Nico's relationship. I really liked that they introduced Zavin, um, in a way that was not stupid and ridiculous, uh, like they did in the comics. Um, and, can we all just talk about how much I loved it when Nico just like went all Dark Willow on everyone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, it, it just made my heart sing. Uh, for the so for those of you who haven't watched, there's uh, you know, there, there's this, a couple of scenes where Nico is basically like. She's like fully, fully submits to the influence of the staff of one, and like her eyes go dark, and she gets you know like the the black veiny things, like just like Willow did in season six of Buffy, and it is terrifyingly sublime to watch. I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed myself.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too. It just.
0: Um... It- it made me happy. <laughs> so, um but yeah, and now we've got you know, now we've got a nice cliffhanger. Looks like we're set up for season three, uh, which which I'm perfectly okay with. Uh especially if that means that there's more James Marsters in my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's uh it looks like it's gonna be it looks like it's gonna be extremely interesting. Evan, you've not watched this, right?
1: I am I have honestly completely forgot that the second season was out i need to watch it
0: though oh yeah it's been out. Yeah, i haven't before. seen any of it yet sorry i didn't mean to spoil it for you now i feel I mean, bad
1: i'm i'm not offended because like you just spoiled things i would have assumed it would have happened anyway so it's oh okay it reassures me that it goes in the right direction
0: it definitely goes in the right direction they continue to explore you know like all of the family things and Pride goes in a new new direction that I really enjoyed, um, and I think there's more uh,
2: glowy aliens. There's yeah. more
0: aliens. There's, um, yeah. There's there's a scroll like that's pretty cool.
1: I'm glad they did Zavin. Like I, I was worried they wouldn't.
0: No, oh, yeah they they did, and it's wonderful. And just just watch it. It's great. That's, that's uh, anyways, yeah, Runaways A plus. Go yeah. watch it. Um, so Evan, real quick, we're gonna we're gonna close with you uh, oh, because you've got this. You got one show that I've never heard of uh, sitting on this dock. Uh, Love, <laughs> death, robots. So give me, uh, so, so give me your best summation of this and why I should why I should watch this this television show.
1: Well, it's probably the most current thing on the list because it just came out like six days ago. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a new anthology show on Netflix and like, it's, it's mostly animated. Like it's, a lot of it is like, it varies from episode to episode since it's an anthology. Some of them are done in very different styles. A few of them are kind of more traditional 2d animation. Some of them are like a mixture of live action and, and CGI. And some of them are like really hyper realistic CGI. but they're all like little half hour short sci-fi. They're basically just sci-fi shorts. Um, And they are, since it's an anthology, they're all over a a wide variety of different kinds of subjects. There's a few that are really kind of more on the humorous side, mostly on the dark humorous side. Mm -hmm. Um, They are all, I will say extremely mature in content there is violence there is nudity there is swearing there is just everything um and some of them don't necessarily handle some of those things as well as others like there was one particular episode that handled rape in a way that i didn't think was particularly tasteful but the rest of the uh episode was pretty well put together so i don't know if it fully redeemed itself or not but since it's an anthology each of them is handled by a different team, a different like animation team, a different director, a different writer. And a lot of them are actually based on short stories um, by science fiction authors, a few of them, like John Scalzi. Um, mm-hmm. Alistair Reynolds is a real favorite of mine. He's a very good science fiction author. And they're just all over the place. Like there's one that's a humorous one that's about yogurt being genetically engineered and it gains sentience spontaneously and overruns humankind and takes off into the stars. And there's like a... it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. There's like another one that's about like three robots who are like exploring the nuclear apocalypse. They're just kind of like going on a tour around like a a post-apocalyptic landscape and like looking at things that humans left behind and kind of just kind of commentating on them and then there's some that are kind of more artistic like there's one where like a couple of um, salesmen are driving out in the desert and their car breaks down they're forced to stay there overnight and one of the characters like comments on how this place used to be like a like millions of years ago it was all underwater it was in a, a, a sea and then they realize like in the middle of the night like the ghosts of these prehistoric fish come to life and and it's a lot of really weird high concept experimental stuff, some of it's more traditional than others mm-hmm. um, but it's there's a lot in it like it's very it if you've ever seen like one of those um just sci-fi short films that you can find on YouTube sometimes where people just like a studio just makes a sci-fi short film, either as like a project or as an entry into like a film festival or something like that. It's a lot like that, but with a significant budget and with a more or less unified tone. Like, like I I said, it it is a variety of, of um, some of it's humorous, some of it's horror based, but it's all kind of, it's sort of Black Mirror-y in the sense that it's kind of like a, a dark what-if kind of take on the future. Oh. But very, very uh, emphasizing on style. And some of the designs of the things in, in the show are phenomenal. Like, think of, like, the very best video game cutscene you've ever seen. And it's like that, but for a half hour in a episode with a plot
0: seems seems reasonable all right all right sounds good so that is love death and robots so that's a thing so um we are coming up on about an hour so i think it's about time that we call this episode to a close um Again, you've been listening to the Geek Embassy watches. This is from March 2019, and, uh, and again, in about two or three weeks, we're going to do an entire episode. It's going to be all about Captain Marvel. So watch that; it's going to be coming down on your pod feeds. We're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, we're on pretty much anywhere that podcasts exist. You can find us. So just uh, just search for the Geek Embassy and like, share, subscribe to all the social media stuff that tells the world that we exist. We're on Facebook at the Geek Embassy Community. We're on Twitter and Instagram at the geek embassy. Uh I am your host Dante. I'm at Dante Informal. Uh Isabella, where can everybody find you?
2: I am at uh, Isarizzo a result on both Twitter and Instagram.
0: Cool. Evan, how about yourself? I can't be found anywhere. You can't be found anywhere? I'm a
1: mythical because creature.
0: Because you're a ninja. No, because yes. I don't use
1: Twitter.
0: <laughs> that that too. Anyways, uh Thank, thank you all very much for listening, and please tune, in, please tune in next time when we break down all things Captain Marvel, and we're going to have another one of these general roundup uh, episodes in April. So until next time, get your geek on. Good night, everybody.
1: Bye. Bye.